My refrigerator might be white, but my attitude is red hot. I can ruin an Easter brunch in any language. <laughs> you guys, how do I say you guys in Greek? I don't know. You got <laughs> Angie? Where are you? Angie K. Oh my gosh, she's probably her ears just perked somewhere in Salt Lake Central. Um, you guys, it's Andy's girls. <laughs> We're gonna be a mess. We're just gonna be a mess. Um, it's episode, I don't know, three oh no, four, four, six. <laughs> I ain't going to tell you, Um, but I'm so excited to be joined by my Bravo bestie. You know him as director of social for entertainment at Betches Media, host of the amazing podcast, Mention It All, and creator of Bravo by Betches, sweet baby Dale Dylan Hafer. How are we? I am so happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're here every other day and we need that. We need that. I was thinking the last time that I was here was, was yesterday. It was right after Shannon's to you all. <gasps> wow. So it was, a, wow. it was a tender time. It was a tender time. I'm, And Shannon now has spoken. Yeah, Shannon put out a statement while walk, walking Archie, very casual, definitely in no way was she reading off of anything. And her statement was... I can't make a statement. Right. She made a statement saying, you will hear from me at some point in time. But for right now, I'm just walking Archie as I as I always do, no matter the time of night. I love that's one of my favorite um, genres of celebrity content is like the post scandal popping in to say I can't say anything yet. Or trying to find like a poor wall that we'll connect with as fans. So like the celebrity has to like find a wall in their house that has nothing on it or maybe like a side part of a garage. Right. The classic Mila and Ashton like reclaimed wood wall. Yep. (laughs) I feel like Shannon has one of those. I think at this point that might be the only thing she has because I don't know where she's at otherwise. That the reunion, the she's got no kids and no man. I mean, um, the the defending of John was just so much. It was it came from a tough place, obviously, because she's saying, you know, he treated me poorly, but also don't say he's not great. Yeah, that um, it was tough because I I feel like that OC reunion was so good in mm. terms of like television, and first I think most of the women had a positive reunion at least in like they did something or they you know held their own or whatever. But like it was not not great for Shannon. It was not great. It was so bad that she recognized that it wasn't great for her. Like when she has the ability to understand things aren't going her way, it didn't help that she did not have a single cheerleader for her in any way. Not to say that some of her behavior was defensible, but just to say like Tamara was not doing anything close to trying to help her. Right. Tamara had her own set of objectives in that reunion and, you know, other than some of the most basic levels, she was not her main objective of that reunion was not like stick up for my pal Shannon. It was yell at Heather. <laughs> How do you think the Orange County panel at BravoCon is going to go? Oh, that's a good question. Do you know who's moderating it? They haven't told us yet. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, do I know personally? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was just wondering. I was I was thinking um, in my head like, do I know? I was like, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess... It's going to be some sort of celebrity. 
I guess aside from Shannon, I don't feel like that group has a ton of existing that we know of conflict within it. They, I, I don't think they've started filming their season as far as we know. So compared to last year at BravoCon, OC was deep into filming, like mm-hmm. toward the end of their season, I think. Um, it's going to be, I would think, lighter, except for the big elephant in the room, which is assuming Shannon is there, how is that going to go? How is she going to be received by the fans? I mean, it it almost makes me think of the Beverly Hills panel last year, you know, after, uh, you know, people were forcefully cleared from the, <laughs> from sitting on the floor. <laughs> the panel itself, Lisa Rinna was like kind of persona non grata with the BravoCon fans in a way. Like she got booed when she walked on the stage. It was this whole thing. And not to say that Shannon and Lisa have the same trajectory or the same energy, but I do think Shannon is in sort of a similar place of being like really, you know, the on the yeah, I don't know what's a, up against the wall. Like, I think it's going to be really tough for her. And especially given, you know, there's been some reports and whatever about that she's, you know, seeking some sort of treatment or, you know, working on herself, whatever that, whatever form that's taking for her. Like, going to a BravoCon atmosphere where potentially thousands of people are going to be like, hey, you suck doesn't sound like necessarily the most positive environment, but um, I don't know. I'm, I, I am curious. I think it's one of the more interesting shows. I mean, I, they just came off of a really good season. I think there's a lot of kind of renewed excitement around that franchise and, you know, could be fun. I mean, I think that there will be some tension between the cast. I think Dubrow is up against it, maybe with Tamra, maybe with, Emily, Shannon and Gina have their stuff. Taylor and Heather have their stuff. So there is that. But I do think that Shannon, from a place of vulnerability, if I was in Shannon's position right now, I would probably be losing my shit a little bit because she's going back on her tour or whatever. That's easier to control than a room of... I mean, everybody's turtle timing seemingly at all times, but just like a room of people who are hungry to be a part of the universe. And that Q&A is going to be really tough. So I would assume that off the bat, they're going to make some sort of reference to something without directly referencing it and then honestly hope for the best. And I'm trying to remember, have there been BravoCon panels? Because typically it's like moderated discussion. The moderator has questions that have mm-hmm. been written for them. So they're like a moderator, but they're also like a body on stage, which they're we ho- love. Yeah, like they're an a MC. Host. Yeah. They're an MC. They're an MC. And all of that makes sense. This is like a tightly produce thing and you know it, it all of that is all fine and good but the Q&A is where things can really pop off or go completely off the rails because it is a true Q&A. I'm trying to remember were there panels there had to have been where people were writing down questions that were then sort of selected by whomever and the moderator read just to kind of avoid some of the awkwardness. I can't remember if I've seen that happen at BravoCon, but honestly, it would surprise me if they didn't do that at a certain right? point. Just because, like you said, there is a an element of production that goes into it. And especially, I mean, there is kind of the 
the frustrating part of like, oh, well, they don't want to talk about anything, you know, interesting or whatever. But there also is the part of it where it's like, these women are in various phases of production on seasons of shows. There are certain topics that they just can't really talk about. So it's it's at a certain point, not that productive to have everyone want to go up to the microphone and be like, Teresa, how are things going with Melissa while you're filming for the new season that won't be on TV for four months yet? Because like, she's not going to be able to say anything interesting. Like, so I think having sort of like, text your questions to this number, and then we'll pick three to ask. It's like, at least at that point, we're going to get three questions that they can feasibly respond to. And, um, and then people maybe won't be able to feel like they're having their main character moment of um, getting on the mic and being like, (laughs) how does it feel to be a piece of shit? Is there a panel that you are especially looking forward to? And is there one that you would like to avoid? Uh, I mean, I am very curious for how Vanderpump Rules is just gonna be at this BravoCon. I mean, they're all scheduled to be there. Um, you know, they're doing press. They're they have a panel. Like I, I'm interested to see kind of both what the cast vibe is and also the fan energy around that show. I think is gonna be a lot. Um, but at the same time, like their season ended long enough ago that they haven't necessarily been the center point of the Bravo conversation for the last few months. So it'll be interesting to see kind of like how much residual excitement is left from, you know, the hype of that show and kind of, you know, carrying into next season. Um, I don't know in terms of stuff I'm not excited for. I mean, there's a Dubai panel on the schedule. I'm like, I'm not going to it. I mean, I probably won't just because I feel like I'm just gonna be busy. But also, it's like, I mean, aside from like, I know that the Dubai housewives have been showing their asses a little bit on social media, some of them, um, to put it like you're looking at my face and my face is red hot, like the opposite of like white refrigerator, right? Like, I, 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 you don't want me in that room is what I would say. Doing a public service by not sitting there because if I, if there was an open Q&A, I would say, hey, Nina, how much did you enjoy posting an Instagram story where she quite literally made fun of dead Israeli babies while yeah. saying they were never killed? She's a terrible, that is a monstrously horrible, inhumane, unbelievably anti-Semitic, hateful story, one of several that members of the cast have made. I don't know. I don't understand how a a network that is run with the face of a network being a proud Jewish man, the tag, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do this, but the tagline being Mazel Tov, having people who are incredibly talented working behind the scenes who are proudly Jewish and having to deal with someone who post something like that, which is so deeply abusive and inhumane. Like, there's a lot of that coming from a lot of people on many different levels. But I just thought that was disturbing. And for her to now be going to an event, like, she can truly go fuck herself. And I don't plan if I'm going to watch Dubai, I don't plan on talking about it. Because all I want to talk about is like, what broke in Nina's heart to make her think that that was appropriate to share to because it's obviously both misinformation and horrendously vile. She should be ashamed of herself. But of course, she isn't. She's proud. Sorry. Anyway, we were talking about Dubai. Do you think that you'll go? I more just mean, I mean, yes, but I mean, no, 
will I go? And, and no judgment if you want to go to Dubai. No Wait, judgment. For, for, first of all, just just to clarify, Nina left the show after last season. Are Did you talking she? about Sarah? No, Sarah has also said some stuff. Okay, Caroline I know Rose she has. Also said I know she I has. I know that Nina left. I'm just letting oh, you know. Okay, well Nina, then I'm... <laughs> Nina won't be a. I just no. I wanted to. I really like, didn't know that. I, I really to, didn't like, know that. Quick pause. Check. Nina won't be there. I. I well, I'll miss she her. She said what she said. I'll miss her husband most of all. I did not. <laughs> wow, you you didn't miss you missed the huge been, news splash. Of... I would have been doing a lot previous GOP convention. I would have been directing my comment to an empty chair, like a certain Oscar winning director. That would have been unfortunate. No. Beside all of. Can someone find Nina for me? I have a question for her. Can Bes- we zoom her? in beside no. the extremely valid points that you just made yeah, dr sarah said some shit and caroline brooks said some from shit a, and whatever from a purely like television scheduling standpoint oh who yeah who's going up against them i don't understand what we're talking about at a dubai panel when their season ended 18 months ago oh, sure there is a dubai panel it's on the schedule okay i haven't i haven't done <laughs> Sarah, there is a schedule. I haven't. This is I. So here's my problem is like when I go to a supermarket or like if I do anything in my life, if I'm on a trip, if I don't have like when I go on trips, you know, you you go, you zig, you zag, but I need to have a color coded spreadsheet. So like if I go to BravoCon, I'm going to have an idea of what I'm going to do. And then I might zig and zag. I might like do other things. But if I do what I'm doing now, which is not paying attention and then assuming everything will work out, you will see me in a hallway just kind of looking for someone to direct me like I can't go to a supermarket without a genuine list okay so not even a a panel there is on the schedule an afternoon Real Housewives of Dubai season two premiere screening is on the Bravo cons what a waste of time but I just don't understand so we have in the next two weeks yeah we have Beverly Hills premiering we have oh my god Miami premiering oh my god we have Potomac coming back we have Mary all in two weeks Yes. Oh my god, and married to medicine. Married to medicine coming back. I don't understand why why is a time slot on the like when is Dubai coming back? Who cares? But like why am I sitting down for 45 minutes at the packed weekend of BravoCon to watch an episode of this show? Well, that was on the schedule for last. I know it's a very different show and experience, but I believe, tell me to go fuck myself if I'm wrong, 100 percent could be. I mean, shout out Nina, (laughs) but like Last year, I believe that a part of the Vanderpump Rules that was in twenty panel, that was in twenty nineteen. Okay, because we've been we've been to both years. Um, so that it was like a screening, but also a Q&A. Yeah. I didn't go to it because I was like, I don't, I don't need to see this so much when there are live people. I don't need to see an episode in so, advance. No judgment to people who do. I get it, but I, I just remember, don't. I don't need that. I remember at that point it was before they had even announced the premiere date for for Vanderpump, and I think it ended up being an another like couple months before the season premiered. So it was really an, a very early screening of that premiere. And I mean, it's looking like Dubai might be the same. I just don't think people care as much about the season two premiere of Dubai as they yeah. did about, you know, Vanderpump Rules. But I don't, it just is, it is a little bit weird to me. Like we have so much great stuff coming back and then it's like, but aren't you excited about Dubai and it's like I don't think anyone really is maybe they're doing that because they know that the panel would not be interesting but to get future content like what does that say about Dubai that premiering the first episode might be more appetizing to people than sitting at a panel they might be doing a panel too I don't know when I look at the schedule I just kind of like scroll and then my brain glazes but um, and New Jersey is split again right I believe so yeah oh they have a panel too diving into Dubai okay 
Well, it's just yeah, I'm it's just the five diving, of them. So. Um, <laughs> um, best of luck. Best of luck. Really, truly, just don't but, go to any of their socials right now unless you're in for a wild fucking ride. And shout out Nina's husband who remains hot. But thankfully, I mean, like I said, we have all those shows coming back, you know, in the next few weeks. So, what were you interested in going to? I already forgot. Uh, I said Vanderpump, but like, okay. I don't know. I'm interested to see everyone. I'm I'm interested to see. Um, honestly no i feel like we're so done (laughs) no i feel like i so i booked my flight and hotel for BravoCon in february or march of this year because i was just like once they announced the dates i i knew i was gonna go for work like let me just get it approved get it on the calendar smart and then it hit me like last week that i'm like oh that's in how many like one two oh yeah two weeks Mm -hmm. um and then so now i feel like every conversation that i've had this week is like Oh, what are you doing for BravoCon? Where are you staying? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my god, like I it's it's a lot. It is a lot. But I'm excited. We are we're gonna have a good time. You and I will hopefully grab drinks or something. I haven't talked to you about that because I have no idea what I'm doing because I haven't thought about it, which is the problem. <laughs> I'm gonna be in my hotel room every night being like, yeah, dee da, because oh, I haven't made a plan. Wait, speaking of I have to everyone we've we'll talk about I have to tell you something I got invited to. <laughs> is it the thing you're that you're gonna die? No. <laughs> Is it stupid? Yes. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, I'll um, be your plus one to that. Because you know I love dumb. No, it's it's like stupid in the sense that I'm not going, but I'll, I'll let you know. Oh, I got invited to something really dumb. Okay. It's probably the same thing. Um. So listen, Dill, you, speaking of your podcast, speaking of, we didn't actually, we weren't actually technically speaking of your podcast, but it is always it's on always my with mind. Us. It's always, <laughs> it is the energy in the room. It is the spirit that follows. Um. So you have, you've had... Housewives, like giving me the look. You've had so, you've had so many incredible housewives on. Incredible housewives on recently. You recently chatted with News Not Like Any Housewife Monica. When did that conversation happen? Had you seen the most recent episode prior? What was that experience like? Yes. So Monica was on my podcast. Uh, the episode came out Wednesday of this week. Um, Salt Lake is, of course, on Tuesday nights right now. So I spoke to Monica on Monday, Tuesday oh, afternoon. Okay. Uh, so I had seen the episode from this week, the Easter brunch episode, Christos and Esty, <laughs> everyone. Um, <laughs> so I had seen the episode. So we talked about the episode, but I obviously the social media back and forth between Angie and Monica, and then also a little bit from Monica's mother, had not taken place yet. And also, which was revealed in the social media back and forth, we did not, I did not know about Monica took a tumble on Angie's basement stairs and apparently had to go to the ER and get a CAT scan and uh, all of this stuff. So it was really interesting to then. You know, I watched the episode. I mean, it's a it's a great episode. I had lots to talk to Monica about. And then on Thursday, I had the great Ryan Bailey on mm-hmm. my podcast. And we talked kind of again about the episode, but with the context of the social media conversation and the the fall that <laughs> the alleged fall. Um and it was kind of wild to have those different layers coming together, but um I love talking to Monica. I think she's I think she's doing a great job this season so far. She is a super engaging housewife. Um and yeah, I mean what a 
what an Easter brunch. So can I ask you what uh, a little bit more information about this fall and the sort of argument or reveal of receipts, including photos of legs and stuff, what that is all about? Yeah, let me let me just pull up Ms. Monica Garcia's uh, X account. Because we don't say she X'd something. We don't she say Twitter it. anymore. We, we do not. Um, say, but we still say tweet, which makes a whole lot of sense well, from a branding perspective. They say post, I think. Um, <laughs> God bless. But them let's for that. see. She said, "Angie, you are a liar." B, just like you lied about meeting me once. You and I both know the kids were in your basement. So apparently, Angie had alleged that Monica was fighting in front of her kids. Um, so the kids were in the basement, you sick piece of shit. Uh, go get your house up to code, and I'm sending you my ER bill after falling down your basement stairs because you didn't have a railing. Almost hit your niece? You are the biggest freaking asshole. You know damn well what happened. I left your house with bumps, bloody, and bruised. I should sue your ass for not having your home to code, you fuck. Let's talk about head injuries, since I got one at your home on your stairs and had to leave to get a freaking cat scan. You are sick. And let's talk about how everyone called me after finding out I fell down your stairs and went to the ER except you and Lisa. Meredith even tried to send my family meals. Angie, shut the fuck up. Uh, After falling down Angie's stairs, this one has photos of bruises. Uh, After falling down Angie's stairs at Greek Easter because you had no railing. Everyone saying I left my mom? Yes. Yes, I did and went straight to the hospital and she knew I fell down the stairs. My convo with her on the couch was after the fall. So this was, <laughs> there, are like, there are like eight photos of bruises. I don't know if you want to see the photos of the bruises. But um, it was, it's wild because in that last one where she says that the, the conversation that she had with her mom on the couch was after she fell. So that means that this big fall where she has these bruised up legs and apparently a head injury happened in the middle of filming and then we just there was no mention of it in the episode it was as if it didn't happen and it's like that feels like an important detail why do you think that that why do you think that they took it out for possible liability reasons i that occurred to me i also so she's saying that it was on the stairs down to the basement so if the kids were down there and that's when she fell it would make sense to me that maybe there were no cameras in that area so maybe just like continuity wise but the continuity would have happened when she was like oh my god my leg and everybody was like oh my god what happened to your leg exactly it's like if she, had she like was a huge gash in it like a no joke if she fucking... was hurt like she says she was and like it it's suggested like that would sort of that would be a big pause in the easter brunch festivities and everyone would at least be showing concern if not like you know, whatever. So it it is just strange because it's like, if this would somehow explain more of the dynamic and the behavior, it's a strange editing choice to just pretend that it didn't happen, especially when, I mean, look at these people. These are not the kind of people who are going to not say something on social media. Like, it's going to come out, whether it's at the reunion or whether it's in receipts or online or the blogs or what have you. So it feels like one of those editing choices where it's like, maybe 10 years ago, you could have gotten away with just like snipping something out like that. And nobody would have really ever talked about it. But it's like, 
now we're all asking all these questions. And I, it seems like the kind of thing where Bravo would be annoyed. Well, there was also that moment not to it's not a direct comparison, but that whole thing with um, Dorinda yelling at someone and it was allegedly about Tinsley's then boyfriend coupon cabin. And that was a part of a trailer mid season trailer. And then it was never discussed or addressed ever again. There are moments where there are things that are taken out for whatever reason. Yeah, I'm assuming that reason was because Scott was an advertiser and I don't know how well that would have gone down. Um, and I have no idea. I really truly have no idea with this. I, 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 it is entirely possible that the injury isn't discussed, but I mean, it wasn't at, was it at the most recent watch what happens? Did she mention that she had been injured? I didn't get a chance to watch it. I don't it. think so. I, I watched part of it. I didn't get to see all of it. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I really can't make heads or tails of why that would have been just, excised from the episode like that i i mean except for i you know to give credit to the editors and the producers and the cast like it was a super compelling episode of tv and i didn't feel like there was something missing that made it you know off-putting or like unsatisfying to watch so like i guess from an editing editing perspective you could say it was successful because you didn't realize that something was missing but that still leaves the question of like why was it missing? Yeah. And Angie at one point had said that production was the one that made the decision that the kids wouldn't be there during that conversation argument. And she also alleged that Monica almost hit Angie's two-year-old niece in the head with her shoe when she threw it. And so I'm just wondering where the shoe throwing. <laughs> just like the the... I don't remember the shoe being thrown, Dylan. I don't layers, remember it. The layers upon layers of <laughs> debauchery that happened at this beautiful Easter brunch. Beautiful Easter brunch. <laughs> in that um in that sterile ass house <laughs> with the big old bed. <laughs> that I kept thinking that bunny was created by like A24. Like it was some sort of like horror movie bunny. Yeah. Like it really that bunny was like classic sort of 70s bunny honestly it was sort of to me like the christmas a christmas story made a sequel movie and that movie was like easter, easter with this weird bunny like it just it was wild. okay when the bunny popped up in the back of heather's car i'm like that has to be staged i think it was a production assistant the entire time that they were like oh you know what did well, really yeah. great on potomac when they had that mime so angie we're gonna pretend that this was your great idea to have a bunny it absolutely was not and we're gonna get the keys from beauty lab and laser i guess and was it borrow them was it last season on atlanta that like marlo sent around like a model to everyone's house with like the yes. invite to a party and it's like who is this Woman. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense but like it's it's also consistent with it's perfectly in line with angie k so i'm sort of here for it yeah um, i mean angie k's entire reason for existence is just to do the most extra thing at all possible moments and <laughs> it's a lot i mean i don't know <laughs> It is, but circling back to your conversation, not even the conversation with Monica, but your reaction to Monica on this week's episode and overall, mm -hmm. um, there were so many moments that featured her, but also so much underneath it. Did you get a chance to talk to her at all about LD, about Linda? About LD Millionaire, as she's known on, <laughs> on X. Um, 
yeah, we talked about her mom quite a bit. Um, I mean, I've found that to be a super fascinating thing that we've been exploring so far this season. In general, I think people's parental and family dynamics is one of the most interesting things about Housewives. I think it's really cool or interesting or, you know, sometimes upsetting to see so many different versions of people's family relationships. And with Monica, I think, you know, watching these first handful of episodes, it it to me is so clear, like how complicated she feels about her mom and like the way she was talking about it in her confessional at the end of this week's episode where, you know, being like, I, I don't want to say I wish I had a different mom, but like, sometimes I wish I had a different mom. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's understandable. If in certain, you know, situations, you really feel like you aren't supported. Like it's, it's tough to not feel that. But the scene the week before at the like senior center when they were there for bingo was just, it was so tough. Like watching them have that type of conversation in that environment. And then again, this week at the Easter brunch, it's like, oh, they really can't like set it aside and have this conversation on a different day. Like they, they don't have that capability in their relationship to say like, okay, like, Let's talk about this later. For right now, we can just like sit here and just like, you know, exist. And it's so it's it's kind of wild to watch like damn, they re- like to think about having that relationship with your mom where it's like you really can't just like keep it together for like this like one hour that you're at the the party. And I think part of that breakdown is like from a lack of social boundaries because it sounds like there weren't a lot of boundaries in place and that, you know, if you are the adult child of a parent who you feel like was not a caregiver for Mm -hmm. you and potentially did not protect you in the ways that you feel like you needed, her mom is talking to her the way you might talk potentially to your adult child in a moment of conflict if you understood the ways that your child might respond. Like it seemed apparent that Linda LD, LD Millionaire, as is her ex-handle, it seemed apparent that she did not know how to speak to Monica potentially at any point. But Monica, to me, it seemed incredibly apparent she was communicating back to her mom as she might have when she was little. Like her mom is essentially coming to this from a place of everybody's watching and I am performing the art of or maybe I don't believe that I am, but it's coming across that I'm trying to diffuse the situation mm-hmm. and I'm talking to a version of Monica that might not exist when I'm the one saying the words and Monica's receiving it as like, you're not going to be the one to tell me to do anything right. because that would um, disavow essentially or and disregard all of the elements of our relationship that uh, require an amount of trust I don't have for you in this dynamic. Yeah, like she's, Linda's coming into this situation be like, hey guys, sorry, no, nothing to see here. Monica, cut it out. And Monica, like, Monica's like, when you tell me to cut it out, I don't cut it out. Like, that's not the relationship that we you don't get to, have. You don't get to own me as your child in this moment because yeah, it's, and I you're think, doing more harm than good. I think, you know, the seeing them last week having their one-on-one conversation was one thing about the boundaries and all of that. But this week, 
you know, Monica was having a conversation with Angie that was a one-on-one conversation and her mom kind of seeing an opportunity to like butt into that conversation and be like, Monica, come on, like, cut out, don't talk like that. Come on. We're here. We're like, look at all these people, like blah, 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 to kind of take that moment to perform being like the, the voice of reason, the parent and, and like the, you know, the, the bigger person. The adult in the room. Right. And it's like, uh, okay. It like falls a little flat. And then, you know, I think sort of proves Monica right when she steps away and her mom is like yucking it up with the guys and, you know, trying to be kind of like the life of the party. It's like, oh, like, yeah, you want, you want the attention. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Andy's Girls. Sign up today.
In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDESGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDESGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom or a maternal figure in your life? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. 
These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you want to ask. Then she can either type up her response or record her voice. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I want to know about the stories of how my mom and dad grew up. What's the first thing they remember after they were born? That's one of the questions I sent to my dad after signing up for my life in a book. And I can't think of a greater gift to give my dad in sharing his stories and to receive. It's super easy to use. My favorite part of it, as someone who sometimes lives on turtle time and forgets (laughs) about sending or receiving email, is that they reach out a couple days prior to sending questions just so I know of what questions they're going to send to my dad, if I want to change it for another question or customize it with something that I want to know. It's that kind of specificity and care that I love so much. This is genuinely an incredible, incredible gift. There's no greater present than I could give a family member or a loved one than to participate in this kind of meaningful appreciation for the entirety of their lives, separate from my own. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom or loved one this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com with code Andy's Girls for 10% off today. And thank the Jills, Aaron, and your life and mine. And it's one of those things of maybe her mom, just to add into this, because I, I think it's nuanced, maybe her mom did not know what to do. Maybe her mom thought this is what's needed. Maybe her mom was like, I'm really embarrassed right now because this is my child and we sort of represent each other. So I am just going to, because this is so awkward and she obviously is getting more and more triggered when I try to talk to her or upset, um, I'm just going to make light of the situation. Like, I don't don't feel terrible in extending a little bit of grace or nuance in that. But I also know from my life that there have been moments, few, but because mostly it's passive aggressive, but there have been moments that have been entirely aggressive in having conversations with a member of my family, one of several, (laughs) where (laughs) it's like something happens. And if you hear that happen, it wasn't particularly precipitated by me like yelling at somebody else while filming a reality You weren't at a Greek Easter brunch. I was not at that time at a Greek Easter brunch, but there have been moments where I have entirely lost my shit because there's so much pent up upset with the headline being mean the headline being like you don't listen to me and so now I'm going to make it very difficult for you to forget where I'm at a 13 out of five, you know, like it's not even, we're not even going to pretend it's at a 10. Like, it's just like, it's so intense because it's potentially a childhood. It's really not adulthood. It is a childhood of upset that's coming out at that point. Yeah. And sometimes you don't feel 
safe or okay communicating that when you're younger or you're not listened to or believed. And so it comes out when you're an adult sometimes because you're carrying that upset with you or trauma or whatever else. And also maybe that's the chance where you think it's safest for you to lose your shit because Monica now is a mom of her own. She's an adult. She's a the primary provider for her family. So you're carrying a lot with you in that moment because you have the upset of dealing with your you know, in Monica's mind, like stupid fucking mom, and you have everything else going on, you're filming a show and you feel like, for better or worse, nobody's on your side. And I think that conversation with Angie was maybe complicated. But and then this person enters the fray and you realize like, oh, so my mom doesn't even have my back. Well, I'm not going to just let her get away with it. I'm going to do the thing that maybe I couldn't when I was younger, which is to tell her to shut the fuck up. Yeah, I saw a couple comparisons online between uh Monica's mom and Mama Joyce this week. Oh, I thought um, about that. The yes, and I, I think about that. I mean obviously they're not like hundred percent. Ex- they're not like it's exact not comparisons. It's not but, peaches to peaches. But thinking about the amount of times over the years that we have heard or seen Mama Joyce making disparaging comments about Todd and about candy and about candy, but like specifically, you don't give me any money, right, whatever else. And right. she's like wearing diamonds and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that it it does feel like. This is it's a similar enough situation to to have the conversation where it's like there is this dynamic of, you know, the daughter, whether the daughter is giving enough to the mom, whether that's financial or just kind of like respect wise. I think it seems like Linda doesn't feel like Monica gives her enough respect or speaks to her appropriately sometimes, you know, it's it's a tricky thing. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's a really interesting addition to the show this season. I, I mean, I've really enjoyed getting to know Monica on the show so far. And I think she, she brings a lot and I think she, she brings an energy that's different than anybody else that is on this show, at least right now. So I, I think that's, it's been kind of like a a breath of fresh air in a way that Angie K's upgrade to full-time isn't necessarily a breath of fresh air, even though it's giving us a lot to talk about. There is definitely some air that's happening. Um, so Monica's- the whoosh of the trampoline <laughs> with eyes. Monica's mom, uh, who again on X is LD Millionaire, said, um, posted, tweeted, X'd, whatever, um, and said, Monica begs me to do this reality show with her. Begged. I didn't want to do it. She told me all I had to do was cook and speak Portuguese. How did she return the favor? She did me dirty. Meanwhile, I would never compete with my only child unless it's sports. Maybe now's not the time for humor, (laughs) LD, but I'm too smart. Unless it's sports. (laughs) (laughs) I'm too smart to try to go up against Monica. She'd chew me up and spit me out. Lastly, I never abandoned her. I always put her needs above my own, even in her adulthood. I'm not a perfect human, but I am a devoted mother. And uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce this. Vovo? I'm sorry if that's mispronunciation. Um, God bless us, everyone. It's a little, it's giving a little tiny Tim at the end. And then she did, of course, hashtag RHO SLC. I was, I was talking to Ryan about this and he was like, he was like, Nothing says I was dragged onto this show and didn't want to be here and have nothing to do with it. Like, like, hashtagging. like hashtagging the show's uh, uh, abbreviation in your tweet. I don't understand why she's LD. I, I mean, maybe her last name starts with D. At least Linda. It's just so odd Linda to me. D I don't know why. I don't know why that Linda was like... Linda the millionaire. Very... 
I don't know why that was very off-putting to me, but I mean, it's it that I I haven't l- looked back at her former uh, tweets before that, but that gives like I made this Twitter account in 2011 and haven't touched it until now. I'm on a TV show. I hope for her sake that's the truth. I don't know if it is. I mean, yeah, the photo is giving me to that. I remember that filter, so yeah, it could be some 2011. Um, uh, energy. I mean, it's just, it th- is an odd but I think circumstance. The, the thing, though, about that tweet is that obviously we don't know all the circumstances of, I mean, maybe Monica did beg her to do the show. Everybody that has signed up to do Housewives at some point has had some element of getting the people in their lives to sign on along with them. But what that tweet says to me more than anything is like, well, you're certainly here to play now. I mean, you're on Twitter talking shit about your daughter, hashtagging the show. You you clearly want people to see this and, you know, ha- get on your side. Like, it's, it's not doing yourself any favors if you want the narrative to be that you didn't even want to be here and, you know, you love your daughter more than anything. It's like... that's not exactly what I got from that tweet. Well, someone replied to it and said, don't take your fight here. Your relationship is in peril. Talk to a therapist. Heal yourself. Take accountability. Things will get better. You know you're not innocent in this. Work on your issues. And she said, I agree. A benefit of all this online vitriol is it's caused me to turn inward and reevaluate my complicity, my (laughs) behavior. I know I can level up and be better doing the work obrigata with some prayer hands. Okay. Um, I mean, and it's like, yes, that those are all of the words that yeah, you I mean, say. And hopefully she said it to her kid, but I don't know if they're talking right now. Like, I don't know what, I don't yeah. know. Accepting your relationship with your parent, if it's been difficult at any point in time, is a hard one. It's it's It will never not sometimes be complicated. Yeah, I asked Monica if her mom has been watching the show and kind of how it's been since the season started. And she said, yes, she's watching the show and it's uh, it's been rough. That was kind of... Yeah, I would think ending the, the episode with like, <laughs> new mom, please, probably didn't go down great at family yeah, dinner. Yeah, I think it's going to be tricky. I'm like, are we... Like, is LD going to be at the reunion? I mean, damn. She... I, would she be? No. I mean, it would be a... That would be a big move, especially because they tape their reunions in LA. That would be a lot. That would be amazing, though. Can you if imagine? LD was in LA <laughs> posting photos and being like, Monica, join me at the polo. Like, it would just... <laughs> Dylan just choked on some spindrift. That would be a, a magical moment. The episode itself, though, was... She's on two T's in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, sidebar, did you see that Kyle and Teddy Joe are going to be the guests immediately following the premiere? Like, we haven't been through enough. Teddy's going to interrupt <laughs> Kyle every time Kyle says anything to try to be her absolute publicist. It's going to be a nightmare. Yep. Why is that happening? I couldn't, I couldn't Why do they want to hurt us in that way? I just don't, don't appreciate I don't know. it. I mean, the actor's strike. Blame the actor's strike. It could have been Kyle solo. I mean, my God, this solo. That's true. Why wasn't it? I think Kyle deserves it after the that's press a run good, that she's That's had. a good point. Like she, she forced this through. Like, Kyle does not need like a C-list celebrity pairing to be on Watch What Happens Live. Yeah, and C honestly is generous. And also, I thought she didn't want to really collab with her sisters on TV anymore. So why is her little one, you know, skirting on up to like be with like big sis and like talk about playing adult? I mean, it's just we don't don't I don't need it. 
This is not the family dynamic. I don't want want the the other sister. She's like the galaxy's number one podcaster or something. So yeah, she's doing great. We wish her the best. Um, Sure, she'll be at (laughs) BravoCon. The thing with Monica is that I watched that scene in that moment and there were elements of the conversation with Angie K that were missing, but probably necessary in which to really get to the heart of the manner, which was, I thought Angie K saying to Monica, I don't appreciate you talking about this on camera. Yeah. So instead we're doing the whole, like, I don't appreciate you telling other people and other things when she can't say the thing she really wants to say, which is why Monica is able to respond back and be like, these rumors have been around forever. What's your problem with me? And the problem is talking about them while you're filming. Yeah, I think the last couple of weeks have been an interesting sort of like lifespan of a rumor on Salt Lake moment because obviously, I mean, the way that everyone has been talking about it, both on the show and, you know, around, it's clear that this was something that had been out there before these episodes were filmed. And you know, from the scene where Angie tells Sean about this rumor, the subtext of that scene to me was not like, oh my God, I heard th- this is the first time we're hearing about this rumor. It was letting, like, telling him that this has made its way onto the show. Like, I think it's kind of, if you're watching this with any kind of like housewives literacy at this point, it feels pretty clear that this is really about the conversation about it rather than necessarily the the substance of the rumor itself. And that's why I think it's so interesting, the idea that Meredith is the one who started this rumor when, you know, over the course of the last few weeks on the show, we didn't see Meredith being the one who started the rumor. We saw Meredith making one vague comment about the husband and <laughs> then all of a sudden it was... Whitney saying it and saying it to Monica and then Monica saying it to Angie. And so, you know, not to be like Meredith Marks is innocent. Like she, she would never, but when you look at the footage, Meredith isn't the, Meredith isn't the reason that we are, we are talking about a rumor about Sean having a a boyfriend. Like, I mean, also like who cares, but It is like so funny. I feel like there are probably still some people who watch these shows and are like so scandalized by like how somebody said her husband is gay. And I'm like, oh, I don't care about that. (laughs) So can I ask you, though, does it because I think this is something that has come up certainly from Andy's perspective multiple times. I remember a reunion on Atlanta where he was really um you know, laying into the cast, specifically Kenya for doing a little bit of a dance on stuff that was like a little disconcerting for him. What's your reaction to that? Like, how do you feel about the way that this conversation is being had and the way the the record of it? It's been relatively consistent on Housewives. I actually, I I will say not that Sean Katzen, I don't know if his last name is Katzenavis. What he said, someone said Katz at one point and I was like, I don't even understand what this is referencing. I was thinking about Christides. Is it? Is that why the, their no. last name is like Katzenaving? No, her, I mean that. I don't know. I I was saying I don't know if his last name was Katzenavis. That might just be Angie's last name. Oh, because he referenced something about a cat, and I was like, I don't know what he's talking okay. About. So the like, I don't give a fuck about Sean really. But, okay, there we go. <laughs> TLDR. But, but I don't know his name. Uh, but I actually 
appreciated that in that scene where Angie delivers the news, he said in that scene, the thing that bothers me isn't that people think I'm gay. It's that they think I'm cheating on my wife. And I actually was like, yeah, that's the like, you know, in the in the perfect, you know, woke mindset, I guess that's the issue. You know, that's the thing to be mad about is that people think you're having an affair. And so I, I guess I appreciated that he made it clear that that was his issue with the rumor. I don't know if everyone that's talking about the rumor feels like that's the most salacious part. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like, horrified and and upset every time I hear like a gay husband rumor on housewives like to me I'm kind of like I I don't know I feel sort of like removed from it in a way okay. like I don't feel like it's like you know personally offensive for me to say that you think somebody's husband is gay but at the same time I understand how it's not great and I understand how people who feel more you know potentially shameful about you know if they're if you're in the closet or you're somebody who has struggled with your sexuality or something like that I get why it could be hard for you to see it painted in that way so I don't know I guess conflicted a little bit but not like personally that upset but I do think it is kind of like the fact that on Salt Lake City by itself this is not the first time that we've had you know, gay husband flying around. It's like, okay, like, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> Who was the other, what was the other rumor? It was, um... I don't remember. It's like it all goes into one at a certain point. They're all gay. <laughs> but it's just like, there's so many rumors that get repeated on different franchises where it's like, yeah, and, and it's a bad model, but I'm just saying stuff, there's like a pattern here. Yeah. So I don't even remember. Yeah, Google. <laughs> R-H-O-S-E, gay husband. <laughs> so comes no, up I know there. it's not the first one because everybody's like, it's the second time. I don't like, remember what that... The thing, but the thing is, also it's like sometimes oh maybe angie m i shouldn't guess i don't know i don't remember i feel like something happened with angie m and rumors about her family but she didn't really make a big impression on me aside from wanting a tour of her house not because i liked it i just was curious oh sean's last name is trujillo oh interesting Mm. (laughs) um Oh, fuck. No, I'm Googling this and all of the articles are just Heather Gay's (laughs) ex-husband. Wow, this isn't helpful. (laughs) Okay, so we won't have the answer for it, but maybe someone will comment on the post. No, I feel like we're going to get yelled at. You and I are not going to be going down the rabbit hole. But that's the thing. Almost like I feel like that's a little bit representative that at a certain point, it's like these it's not like as hard hitting of a accusation as maybe it's just lazy. And to me, I thought it was a homophobic. Yeah, and I think the thing is, like, with... <laughs> Me whispering that. <laughs> you, oh, loud what? and proud. <laughs> I <laughs> I think with the Sean thing, it's like, I'm interested in the... I'm interested in the, like, dynamics of the group and, like, who is responsible for what kind of mm-hmm. issues that are coming up within the group. And, I, I mean, it's tough because we can't or at least they're choosing not to break the fourth wall in that sense with this so far. But like, I don't actually care that much about the, the rumor itself in a way, which I guess is, 
I don't know, you can't really have one without the other at a certain point because the whole issue is that the rumor is on camera, but I don't know. (laughs) Well, the other um, conversation, I mean, there were two moments that really stood out to me from the episode. One was just the dynamic, let alone argument between Monica and her mom. And the other was the conversation between sort of Heather and her daughter and certainly Heather and Lisa about wanting to talk about Jack's mission and Heather's upset that Lisa wasn't engaging her in conversation. What was your reaction to that? Yeah, I think it's tough because I I am like very supportive of Heather's, you know, journey away from the church mm-hmm. and raising awareness and all of this stuff that she, you know, I think is obviously really personal to her. And I understand why she has strong feelings about it. But the thing with her and Lisa specifically is that Heather and Lisa don't have a close relationship at all. And they, they haven't anytime recently, certainly not in the last couple seasons of this show. They, they are not very close. They don't seem to like each other that much. They just, I mean, even back to season one, like they never have seemed like they really click that well with each other. And so aside from the fact that they've like been in it together on this show for four years, it doesn't really make sense why Lisa would feel like Heather is the person for her to confide in or really like seek guidance from about something that's happening in her family. And I I understand, like I said, I understand why Heather feels a certain way about it. But I also think it would have been weird for Lisa to be like, my son who doesn't have any relationship with Heather is doing this thing that I know Heather cares about, but I don't like Heather, but I guess I should talk to her anyway. It's like, no, like she just wouldn't. Like we just saw Lisa get mad that Heather didn't like give an olive branch to her last season like she did with Angie. So why would she have been, you know, in the mood to go, you know, call up Heather and be like, is it bad if Jack was on a mission? Do you think that's bad? <laughs> would that be crazy? I So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just like I, I get where Heather's coming from. I, also, I mean, I did think the scene with her talking to her daughter about it, it was just like a little weird. It's a... First, it feels like you're sort of like digging for information, but then at the same time also like talking shit a little bit about somebody else's kid. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just think I was thinking about this the other day that I'm like, if Heather feels so strongly about this, she should be channeling that energy into like activism about it. Which she would probably argue she is in writing that book. I think that no, I think the book is a great step, but I'm saying like the next chapter of that should be working on a higher level using your platform to educate and make a change and maybe dismantle something. The issue is not Jack Barlow deciding to go on a mission, the issue is anyone missions, right? So it just feels a little bit like you're going to the source of the problem that is that you're seeing, you know, in your cast right now, when really this is an issue that you should be taking several, you know, 
steps up the ladder. Totally. And it's also a matter of knowing your audience because Heather's assumption is why wouldn't Lisa want to have a constructive conversation? You lose Lisa when you use the word constructive. She does not want to have no, but I'm not I'm not even like she doesn't want to receive information. She wants to support her child in the way that she has decided, which means that we are going to remain in this bubble. Like I say that without intending to be critical of her, but like Heather assuming that people want to hear the quote unquote truth is a quite literal assumption, which she should be potentially more communicative about since she w- she grew up inside of this culture. Yeah. Lisa chose it when she converted. She does not seem to... Her idea of protecting her child is supporting his choices. She might not want to understand more about like the generational impact of that. She just wants yeah. her and kid I think to be okay. We've seen, honestly... Uh, on top of that, I think Lisa clearly has some complicated feelings about choices she has made with her own relationship with the church and how kind of relaxed her version of Mormonism is. And, you know, saying that like, oh, she can't go to the temple with Jack when he goes to like, you know, do whatever because thing she's to get not, ready for the mission she because feel... she doesn't i mean she is not like i mean it's in the lds church like you have to there's like steps that you have to do to even be like allowed to Garments. go into the temple right. and like she doesn't do that and she's chosen not to and so it's a it's clearly a whole thing for her that it's like with jack deciding to do this mission without talking to her basically she felt like there was kind of a failing on her part almost of not being like enough of a, you know, guiding light for her son to be able to, you know, have those conversations with him. And so I think it's almost like even more of a weird ask that she would be having that conversation with Heather because it's like, she's, she's, she already feels like she's not being enough of the, you know, supportive Mormon mom to Jack and she's trying to get there. I mean, they're at the getting pedicures and she's saying she's never read the Book of Mormon. Like, <laughs> And that it sounds great. Sounds action packed. Right. Like she she is, you know, say like say what you will have your thoughts. But like where Lisa is at in her experience of religion right now is like. I'm definitely still in. And, you know, if my son wants to be more in than I am, I feel like it's my job to be supportive. Yeah. And who knows what the conversation was like in the process was like in her conversion of a conversation maybe with her husband or her family of what is this experience going to be like for me? How do we make this work so that this is a part of my life, but maybe not the entirety of my life? And it sounds like there has been some sort of um, uh, ability for her to have a liquor company and do all these other things that seems completely to drink in- a lot of Diet Coke <laughs> <laughs> to do these things that to Heather feels inexplicable. And I think that they're and in Heather's perspective, she's like, it's not maybe about making room for another person's experience. It's about the fact that like, I can't believe yeah. that this is actually your experience. And I think what Lisa said in the last episode was that she didn't feel worthy, Yeah, which is not just about and just is enough. It's not just about an ingrained sense of 
um, guilt or embarrassment or shame or however Lisa's processing that, that might also be yeah. part of the church of like, you are you are not worthy enough to enter this space unless you do X, Y, and Z. And it's Lisa understanding that and internalizing it. Yeah. And I think also if if Heather wants her kind of life's work in some way to be raising people's, you know, awareness of the issues with the church and missions and all of that, I think she's going to have to get a little better at approaching those situations from a point of like compassion and meeting people where they are. Because, you know, if you, I'm not, you know, this is like, if somebody is in a system and they believe in it, if you're trying to get them to maybe like step away from that and see the light, if you will, the way to do that is not to make them feel bad for being in the system. It's to like give them resources and show them that they're loved and all of that stuff. Like it's a whole, you know, like deprogramming someone or whatever is like a whole thing. And, you know, (laughs) Heather going up to Lisa on camera at the brunch and being like, you don't want to be critical. (laughs) It just feels like it's a little bit, it's a little bit like, what did you really think you were going to get from that? Well, and also you're not having a conversation with someone who is a congregant. You're having a conversation with someone you have an incredibly complicated relationship with. And at one point Lisa's like, we're not that we're superficial. And I appreciated her saying it because it wasn't to me intended to be a dig. It was just like, we don't have that kind of relationship, which I think Heather also agreed with. So I think that's hard, too, because you're on this show where you're supposed to be having tough conversations. But obviously, they wouldn't be getting drinks, let alone talking about religion, were it not for, you know, Real Housewives. Yeah. And I think with this, with the, the four women that have been in this cast from start to finish, like, we've been with them through enough ups and downs and phases and etc now that it's like Heather and Lisa have earned the right to not pretend that they're like working on which being I besties. loved I appreciate it yeah, I was like yes it, be honest yeah and I think um you know obviously with Whitney and Heather and with Meredith and Lisa and you know with you know we've seen some complicated ups and downs in people's relationships within the group. It's not like everybody is just like, we have two sets of besties and nobody else talks to each other. That wouldn't work. But like, it's okay to acknowledge that like, oh yeah, like Lisa and Meredith, Lisa and Heather are just like probably never going to be that close. Yeah. I don't see them wearing Bravo con style, good time girl bracelets, a la T Swift. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that I see that happening in their future, but I appreciate the fact that they're able to at least have these honest conversations with each other. And I think Heather gets it. And it's also one of those things of like, she wrote a, as she said, I wrote a book called bad Mormon, not ex Mormon. So I think that there's elements there too. So like extending a little grace, in that conversation, just in terms of like, this was the entirety of her life. So the ways that she might express joy and pleasure about not being in it are as much about filming a reality TV show and wanting to be expressive as it is maybe overcompensating for a sense of maybe upset about the time that she might feel that she lost. Yeah, for sure. I mean... It's yeah, it's it's tough. And it is it's real. And I think, you know, 
the the thing of Jack going on his mission is in a way totally separate from the show. And so I think it's it makes sense that we're hearing about it and that there are conversations about it. But at the same time, it's like Jack's not Lisa's not going to decide to not support Jack on his mission because of you know, a scene that she filmed for the TV show. You know, it's just, it's it's not, that's not how it's going to work. And I know that Lisa gets that and I know that Heather gets it. And this is sometimes just, and I, and I say that noting that there is also real emotion here, yeah. I'm sure, from both of them. It's it's an incredibly interesting to me conversation as an enti- as a total outsider to this because I think a lot of people, regardless of your religious choices and and the ways that religion hasn't felt like a choice yeah. um, for many people as well, I think that there's an understanding or, or a shared experience a lot of people can potentially empathize with. Wait, can I just recommend while we're on this topic, there's... Under uh, the Banner? No, there's a documentary on Max. It's an HBO documentary. No, there's a documentary on HBO. It's an HBO... And no other words. Okay. It's a Max production on HBO. We are not taking away HBO. No, it's an HBO production on Max. No, it's on HBO. (laughs) Find it. You know where to watch HBO. There's... I don't like Matt. I don't... That man has done so much bad. What's it? David, whatever the fuck. Like, he's not smart. Why would you have HBO and Max merge and be like, I know what's the better one? Okay, sorry. Nina, are you around? (laughs) Some rage I need to let out. You know I'm a... It's this three-part documentary. It's called Savior Complex. And it's about... Named after me. It's about wait, savior complex. Uh, yeah, like oh, not like save wh- your complex no, like, for like a rainy day, like a white savior complex. Oh, either way, honestly, okay, yeah, continue. But it's about it's about missionaries in Uganda, and it's like oh god, okay. it's a lot. But it's it's not about LDS. Like LDS missions are their own whole system so like it's it's not directly related to jack barlow but um no but i haven't known a little bit on the topic from other news stuff that's gonna be a a it's like this this woman this woman moves there when she's 19 and basically ends up like pretending to be a doctor it's uh (laughs) and she's a missionary oh yeah so she's a doctor of god i suppose well she's just trying to help those kids kind of like okay never mind um <laughs> but yeah no i would i would recommend it not n- not to critique uh jack barlow's choices but just because it's a good documentary okay that sounds like an upper um <laughs> <laughs> i watched it on my flight last weekend that's not the choice that i would be making <laughs> <laughs> no it's actually it, uh, never mind <laughs> all right <laughs> well if anybody wants to watch that if you have any questions about what streaming service it's on you should message dylan hafer and he'll get back to you fairly quickly the one with hbo thank you the way to say it um dill hafer we're gonna do a little bebe record of a little taking it personally about a show i've been dying to chat with you about and i just watched the two most recent episodes this afternoon while waiting for an oven that never arrived except it's um now in my kitchen so um dill can you tell the folks yeah um, before we wrap this to get to that uh where they can follow you on social who you've got cooking on some upcoming mention it all apps and all that and more yeah uh you can follow me at Dylan Hafer, you can follow at Bravo by Betches for all of that stuff. Uh, I'm going to be at BravoCon in a couple of weeks. So where can people find your schedule? Are you going to be posting up. your schedule? Oh, what is my schedule? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'll be there all weekend. I'll just copy yours. Running around. But yeah, and you can listen to mention it all wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we usually do three episodes a week. Um, 
yeah, some exciting stuff I had. <laughs> no, I'm like, what's happening? Uh, Ryan Bailey was on my episode, uh, the, my last episode this week. That was great. Uh, we're going to have Kiki Monique on next week because Who, she has a fun betches podcast she launching. She just announced Mazel Tov to Kiki. It's called Crime Pop. Pop, Pop crime. crime. Fuck me. I'm so sorry. Pop um, Crime. Yeah, so and that's, I can't wait to listen to it. We fully, we stand Kiki. Let's that's have a Kiki. A, that's exciting. Um, you know, some other stuff cooking in the works, but I mean... BravoCon, baby, it's happening. Oh, my God. And before we wrap, so I can get a little bit of that hot goss from you, that I think uh, we're both thinking about the same thing, <laughs> but we absolutely might not be. You can follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Join the Andy Scrolls podcast, number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more at patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. And Andy Scrolls Live, a Real Housewives premiere kiki with our pal Ryan Bailey is days away. It's going to be a virtual live uh, this go around with our friend at moment Thursday, October 26th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, 5 p.m. Pacific with a fun after show of BH Trivia. We're going to talk about the Beverly Hills premiere, I guess, trigger warning if Teddy Joe comes up and so much more. And you don't need to join us live. The video will be available on demand for a week following. Tickets are $12 and they go up day of. So make sure you get your ticket now. And it's the number one way to support me, hopefully going to BravoCon. My plans have not been confirmed because I'm an independent podcaster and choosing Las Vegas was such a fun choice. Um, So if you are able to support, I'd really appreciate it. I'm hoping to give you guys Andy's Girls content um, if I'm able to go to BravoCon. So this is the way to hopefully make that happen. We're uh, just about 50% to our tickets goal. So please buy those tickets today. It's going to be a really, really fun event. And there is an attendee chat. So things go wild in that chat, which I absolutely love. And also, also, speaking of love, Bethany Frankel, who obviously I'm a number one consistent fan of, is doing incredible work with Be Strong. Um, so I'm linking in show notes to her organization. You can donate to help those in Israel or Gaza. And you can also, um, so you can make a choice of exactly where the money is going or uh, not make a choice and it's chosen by um Global Empowerment Mission, which is the organization she partners with. And I just wanted to shout that out as um, a helpful potential recommendation if you are hoping to um, give back and help those in urgent need. So link to that is in the show notes for this episode, as well as some resources and info I highly recommend that you check out. Dylan Hafer, a pleasure, a joy. Likewise. <laughs> all right. We are going to do a little bit of hot goss offline. So <laughs> thanks to all of you for listening to this app and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>